0: start selling online today sign up for a free trial at shopify.com/free22 shopify.com/free22
1: this is a production of itm media Yes, this past weekend's races were somewhat surprising, somewhat not, and just everywhere in between. Hello everyone, Matt Beamer here alongside Charlie Herkus and Austin Reeves bringing you another exciting, fun, interesting field episode of Ramblin' About Racing. We're live here on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube we're not. Instagram doesn't have a fa- uh, live feed just, yet. I'm surprised about. Start that. over. Start over. Just go ahead. I can't start over. It's already live. It's out there, man. Well, I'm glad. Every. I'm glad you guys are here. Hope everyone's doing well out there. And rambling about race and nation. Whether this is your first time listening to the episode or now your hundredth and thirty fourth time listening to the episode. Really do appreciate you taking the time to. Come here, have a beer, a few beers with us, and talk about this last weekend's races, and get ready, getting you ready for this weekend's races. Can't wait for it. But first things first, Charlie, how's it going? Austin, how's it going over there in Alabama for you?
4: It's going good. Made a trip down to Kinston, help my buddy finish it. Second place in the cut light race got a spot for a mentor of mine. Uh, looked up to him. He's kind of helped me out over the years of round track racing. Charles Davis. He actually won. Had a pretty good weekend. Sunday yesterday we went on the boat. Monday we're doing the
1: podcasts. It's a good start of the week. Yeah, very good start of the week. And, and Charlie, congratulations on your second place finish. Your runner up finish there at the South Alabama Speedway. Was hoping that you would repeat what you did last week, but man, you're just going to catch that 27 car, man. Tell us about that, and tell us how it how how it goes for you there in South Alabama.
2: Had a fast car again, just not enough. So I think me and the twenty seven there were just clicking off the same lap times, and he would slip up, I would slip up, or vice versa, he would slip up, and I would catch him or. Then I would slip up, and he would just get right back to the distance that he had there. So pretty much matching lap speeds there. But first time ever that the car owner that I drive for has had all three of his cars finish one, two, three. So huge accomplishment for him there. So he was super thrilled about that. But, you know, second place finish there. Should put us first place into points now. Been a long time since I've led in a points championship battle. A lot to say there. And hopefully we'll be able to maintain that and just grow that points lead, uh, just like i hopefully going to maintain that in the fantasy standings as well. But other than that, everything else is going good. Unfortunately, I have to go back to work Wednesday. My 30 days of leave from the injured hand and all that kind of stuff is coming to an end. We'll see what happens there. Matt, how's everything going
1: with you? Everything's going fine. It just kind of hit me right now that you burnt a year's (laughs) worth of
2: leave i know that is crazy what do you nah, do for well, talladega I, I didn't i didn't buy it was convalescent leave so oh, okay so it wasn't regular I, yeah i still have like 80 days of leave built up
1: okay oh okay good nice man. yeah so talladega here we come the talladega here we come that's coming together man i got the days off from work for me i can't wait man we were gonna try to do what we wanted to do what Preston and i wanted to do with darlington for that race weekend we we wanted to go around and we got a camera. And we're going to take with us with the microphone, interview a bunch of people. We're just going to have a lot of fun. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of hangovers and a lot of craziness that goes on there at Talladega. Have you been to Talladega, Charlie? Yeah, oh. been a long time, but I've, I have been. Uh, what about you, Austin? Never been. i only been to Bristol. Oh, about to pop that cherry. Oh, you're going to pop two cherries here because I've never been to Ta- uh, Talladega either. Oh,
2: Lord. So I now, granted, whenever I went, I was like knee high to a puddle duck. So it's been a long time knee high to a puddle duck. I've never heard that one
3: before. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one, of my,
2: one of my granny's old sayings. Okay, well, that's awesome, man. well, yeah, everything's
1: going well down here. Big day yesterday for me and Caroline. We celebrated our twelfth wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary! Thank you. Happy anniversary. So it was. uh It was very. Somber, We just went to church, and that was about it. That was all we did for our wedding anniversary, man. It wasn't really anything That's big. enough. I mean... I think that is, because really what the big ones are for us now, 10 years was big.
2: No, A it's all about them babies' birthdays now, man.
1: No. Yeah, and I think 20 years will be big as well, maybe the 25-year anniversary as well. Really just spend time with the baby and... Had fun with that, but everything else is going well here. Just get, like I said, we're, I mean, we're gearing up for taladay, even though that's what in October, so that's four months away. It's going to come by fast, and it's going to be a, a lot of fun. in the September, beginning of October, I feel, but we'll work out the logistics on that. But yeah, everything's going well. Glad everything's going well for you too, Austin. You said you were doing fine. Did we talk to you? Yeah, he talked
4: to me. No, yeah, just... only, only advice.
1: I know you grew up in Alabama, didn't you? I grew up in Dothan, but I, to be honest with you there, Austin, and everybody else out there, I was an Army brat. So when I grew up in Dothan from 2000 to 2004, that was the longest I've ever lived in one place to date, and now it's South Carolina, so now I consider myself from South Carolina. But yeah, I grew up in Dothan.
4: All right, so October is kind of a weird season for us down here. So when you pack for time, day are going to pack shorts, oh, yeah. front pants, long sleeves, Snowshoes, because you never know what it's
1: going to be. Well, I've actually what I what I'm doing now is going on YouTube and figuring out how to build like these portable air conditioning units that's made out of a cooler. And what I'm going to do is build a lot, build a prototype, test it out. They're going to think we
2: brought a bomb to Talladega. No, they're not going to think because it's (laughs) not going
1: to be like that. It's going to be an awesome piece of engineering. I feel, and I feel like once you see it, you're going to be in your tent sweating your balls off. I'm going to be in my tent nice and comfortable. I'm
2: sweating, son. I'm
1: just just saying. I'm going to feel very comfortable in my tent, and you're going to be in your tent just kind of jealous. That's going to take a lot of
2: Talladega races to sweat all that. No,
1: It's it's going to be – I'm going to go for it. It's going to be a feat of engineering, I feel, and if I can market it, I'm going to market it and one day just buy Talladega straight up. Hey, glad everybody's doing well. Hope everybody else is doing well out there. Whether you're joining us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube live or your regular podcast platform, and of course, Burns Radio. Really do appreciate the support. And man, I tell you what, everything has just been fine. I just can't wait for Talladega. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm trying to go to Bristol as well. We'll see how that goes. That's about it. I'm I'm glad everything's going well. But Charlie, you're gonna have to talk to us about this last weekend's race. I noticed. You sent us a, something there. This is news from South Alabama Speedway, by the way. You sent us a message. You sent myself and Austin a message that Adam Salter, who drives the white number three car in the Cup Light Series at South Alabama, is selling his car. Is he out, or what's going on with Adam? I don't know.
2: I ain't so I, know. I actually talked to him.
4: When we when we got done racing, I swung by his trailer, and he was sitting down and asking which car it was. He said he's retired. He said that last wreck got
1: him. You mean I, the last wreck when Charlie asked- won?
4: Yeah, yeah, when Charlie wanted he, uh, broke broken axle or something to right? I was joking with him. He, he said he's retired a bunch of times, so I don't, I don't
2: think he'll retire. He's posted stuff like that before just to mess with people. Yeah, I think he's just.
4: Now, yeah, that's the kind of thing because, to mess with
1: people. Because he just, wasn't there this right. past weekend. It was you and the 27 car, which the 27 car is a teammate of yours.
2: We uh, owned that car as okay. well.
1: I, but he wasn't there this past weekend and i noticed that and i've noticed it weird do you know why he wasn't there or have any idea of What's going on with Adam? Or is he just playing mind games with you guys?
2: No, nah, I don't know what's going on. I, I ain't worried about it, to be honest with you.
1: All right. But, hey, you you finished second in this past weekend's Cup Light Series race there at South Alabama Speedway. Take us through that race because you started to in the tail of the field again, and you worked your way up. Tell us how that went and tell us what you thought of the race because I noticed you started off strong, but then you would catch it, the 27 car, but then you couldn't really get up to him
2: to race him. Pretty much the exact opposite of what usually happens for me. Usually, the longer the laps click off, the better my car gets. This time was the exact opposite. I think I clicked off my fastest lap on like lap seven. Usually, it's the exact opposite. I usually don't click off my fastest lap till lap 15, 16, 17 or so. I got to him, um, just really couldn't do nothing to get by him because we were just so evenly matched, so to speak. And just really and truly, I, I would try different lines. To get in the corner, run three and four, great. One and two, the car will want to really push from maybe center off, but just couldn't do nothing to really get by. Maybe I needed a couple more cautions or maybe one caution last minute to come out, but we were just running about dead even lap times just not enough to really pressure him enough to maybe make a mistake and get by him.
1: I feel I figure if it's a team car, you don't want to race him too hard. You know what I mean? If it was Adam out there, I'd say drive through him. But if it's a teammate car, are you content with finishing where you finish? I mean, you want to win. We've talked about that numerous times
2: on the show. You want to win,
1: but if it's a teammate out there, are you okay with, okay, I'll take
2: the points in that case. Second place finish puts me in the leading points championship run oh, for nice. sure. So, very nice. Wow. Um I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I said, I, I know I didn't have a car that would get by him. I'm not gonna use up what I got or try to just dive bomb it off in there, spin myself out and then not even finish second.
1: Okay, well and you did well and I was happy for your second place finish. You're running very consistently this season. I I like seeing that and I think you like running consistently, I think it's good motivation for you, good motivation for everyone associated with your team. And Austin, you spotted for him?
4: Yeah, I did. Always a pleasure to go down and hang out with
1: him. Yeah, I really, again, I want to hear the audio between you two. I don't know if Charlie has a video from this past weekend's races. Not, not one that has any audio.
4: We tried it during practice. We actually found, I found the what records it, but it's 240 bucks. They really don't feel like spending 240 right now. So I was going to voice record it
1: through my headphones and then send it oh. to you. It worked. You can hear me, but you couldn't really hear him. Yeah, we'll we'll figure, figure something out. One day, I have a feeling, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later, I feel. One day, rambling About Racing is just going to blow up. Bush Beer is going to be a sponsor. The Racing Warehouse is going to be a sponsor. All these sponsors are going to be lining up at the door. It's going to be like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Free Agency at Hendrick Motorsports. All these sponsors are going to be lining up. We're going to have so much resources that we're not going to know what to do with.
2: It's going to be so, great. I need to note, so that does us. that racing radios piece, is it just one of them that we need? Dude, I think I it's just one of them. I don't know how that works.
1: I think it plugs into a median in like a, a a mixer, and then you just hit record like we're doing here on the podcast, and then you just yeah. record the audio between you and – I mean, how does NASCAR
2: do it? They you should
4: up, have had the audio on the golf cart around the track.
2: Oh God. Yeah, We took a golf cart ride to just check the track out. And this was before it come a, a flood and rain. And we almost flipped the golf cart because we had too much weight on the left side. And we went to turn one and oh the right goodness. front, right front tire started picking up. We were like, oh, Lord,
4: way too much left side weight.
2: Yeah,
1: we all started
2: leaning right.
1: Oh, oh, Austin! I got to ask, man. It's got to be that time. You said it either last week or the week before. Yeah, you we, we we find out Saturday what my babies are going to be. Okay, it's Saturday.
4: No, so it is your babies. I knew it. I ain't mad. Just send me child support. We can still be buddies. Just send me some. <laughs> just send me some that that, that
1: right there is a true friend. I must say.
4: I don't care. I'll still spot for you. Wow. <laughs> spot. I won't tell you inside. What a friend.
1: What a friend. So everybody, if uh, no, you know. I'm not even going to touch that. I've had a few beers already, even before the show. <laughs> we're going to avoid that like kryptonite.
4: It's a true Alabama relationship. Out here.
1: It's Talk been more. a while since I've been since I've lived in Alabama. Like I said, so I mean, South Carolina is kind of for me where it's at. That's we're, not,
4: we're knocking on the door at sister cousins, uncles, brothers.
1: Yeah, we're, we're not brothers, related. Granddads <laughs> that you know of, I feel, but. Hey, well, um, okay. Well, we might as well just hit into it. Do you guys have anything else? I mean, congratulations on second place, Charlie, and taking the points champ- points lead at this far into the championship. Anything else before we get into our races here for NASCAR and IndyCar?
4: Yeah, we do need Busch Light to sponsor us because Charlie was the reason I didn't have a Busch Light after the race. I was well, over Now, why is that? that? Friday night, I went to the drag strip, bought me a 12-pack, Drank a few, got home, finished a few, go to Kinston to help Charlie. I had two or three. Rain delay. After the
3: race, I was talking to Charlie, I was like,
4: I got one more I got one beer left. I'm gonna go drink it. He
3: said, You sure? You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
0: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.
4: You got one bear left. Mark. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a cool area. Go over there, open my cooler. you hey, no but ice and water. I was like, I guess Charlie wanted that beer more
1: than I did. Now Charlie didn't drink it during the rain delay before the race, right? No, we're no not. we no. don't drink until after the race. I don't feel like Charlie would do that, and I'm just making sure, man. You gotta drink responsibly.
4: Before
1: we get pulled over. Yep, it's true, click man. her click click ticket. ticket.
4: There you go. That's click ticket.
1: That's completely different than than drinking and driving. Buzz driving is drunk driving. Yes, that's one hundred percent true. Call oh, me Alabama. <laughs> okay, guys. Any, anything before we get into our? Well, well, one thing I want to cover here. Actually, I do want to cover this. I've been seeing a lot of things come up in regard to Martin Truex
2: Jr. Retiring. either, either retiring or extending with Joe Gibbs Racing. I, and I, I want to heard hear your Kenny Wallace say while he was in the booth that he would announce in the next three races whether he was staying or retiring. Now, what do you guys think Martin Truex would do? Do because I mean he's one. He's staying. I don't know. but Well, you know, at the same time, they're struggling to find Kyle Busch sponsorship. So Kyle Busch is not retiring. Let's face it. He's not retiring. No, he is not. He's still got it. So it's just one of the things where they, you know, almost force Martin Truex into retirement.
1: I don't think and, they're going to force him. And, well, I, I, I take that back. I, I see where you're coming from there because if, yeah.
2: if, if I was joking, Gooden- yep. They they his sponsorships kind of carry over to Kyle Busch and then they move you know freight train up.
1: Well, and and I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I think in Marnie Truex, if this is the scenario I've, I see playing out, Marnie Truex Junior. retires at the end of twenty twenty two because he has really nothing else to prove. The only thing missing is from his mantle is a Daytona five hundred. Yeah, the year he won the championship, he won pretty much everything that season.
2: Yeah, and he won it with a team that nobody else would want to drive for. Let's face right. it. Although it was a Joe with, for, with Furniture Road racing. racing. In Furniture Road Racing, the
1: only reason they were bought out and absorbed by Joe Gibbs Racing is because, though it was a Joe Gibbs-affiliated team, it wasn't a Joe Gibbs car who won the championship that season. A dominating performance by Martin Truex Jr. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, because even Kyle Busch had complained that year about, why are we getting outrun by our own equipment?
1: Truex, and... That whole team put on a dominating performance. A clinic. Week in, week
2: out. Week in and, and week that, out. That was a single single,
1: single car, team team
2: car team. And that yeah. was yep. and based you, out of Colorado Springs, Color or Denver, Colorado. And you
1: and you can only equivalent that to what Kyle Larson did last season. Just dominating everything. He was always a contender everywhere he went. And now I feel like if Martin Turek Jr. retires, Bass Pro Shop picks up and, and, and goes with Kyle Bush. If Joe yeah. Gibbs Racing says no, we're not going to resign Kyle Busch. We're going to keep Martin Trex Jr. on. I don't know where he goes. We're going to have to figure that out later on in the season. I don't. But I,
2: I, okay. I, I don't think they do that only for the no. reason why. Only for the reason because Toyota has been so vocal about keeping Kyle keeping Bush. Kyle Busch.
1: Right, and who's the weakest link there? I mean, we see Christopher Bell have a future there. Joe Gibbs Racing. Denny Hamlin's future is up in the air, and what, whether he goes to his race for his own team twenty three eleven, or whether can't race for, well, you can't. nowadays
2: you can't race for your own team. Why not? Why not? Tony Stewart did it. That's changed since. The, since I mean, if, like, I, if I'm not mistaken, it has. Is, is
1: there a
4: rule that says you can't? Yeah, drive, I, team? I don't think
2: you can be. You can well, be an owner driver. He, he might can. You you you. I don't think you can be majority owner and drive for your own team. So well, well then just sell. He, he, he might not be majority owner though. I thought Mike, we'll, yeah. we'll get into some stuff on that later on in the show I, too. I, to I,
1: I think that's um I I, I I don't know that rule either, but Denny Hamlin's future is up in the air, too. But really what the focus on is right now is I think and Jr., like Charlie said, leaves Joe Gibbs racing and Bass Pro Shop goes over to Kyle Busch. And that sucks because I think M&M's was a great sponsor for not only NASCAR. I mean, every kid you saw in the stands had an M&M's shirt on. You know, quite frankly, I'm surprised to see that happen. And I'm surprised to see it come to this. And, and there's going to be a lot of moving parts between now and I feel like the midway point of the season before the playoffs start to see where Marnie Turex Jr. goes because he hasn't won a race this season. I
2: don't know what's. Uh, he's, he's really just now starting to get some momentum. Right. I mean, he's he had is. some good runs lately. He but has. let's face it, so is Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell started out the year with just wrecking everything he got into. And he's just now getting runs going. But Christopher
1: Bell is somewhat the future of that organization until Ty Gibbs comes up to the Cup Series.
2: Yep, until, need, until he starts wrecking and, everything.
1: Until key or everyone, uh, whichever uh, comes uh, first. Right, until Ty Gibbs comes up to the Cup Series season, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see we're seeing now in Joe Gibbs Racing a change in the guards. It was kind of growing pains, just like Hendrick Motorsports was a few years ago when Jimmy Johnson left, and then Chase Elliott came up and William Byron came up and. Alex Bowman stayed in and moved around in that organization. It's, it's a shifting thing, but I feel like it's going to pay off in the long run for Joe Gibbs Racing. Keep Kyle Busch. I mean, unfortunately for Truex, I mean, what else does he have to prove in the in the Cup Series? I don't think he has to prove a damn thing.
2: If I was somebody like Trackhouse, I'd be going after Kyle Busch. Yeah, why not? I'd be like, you know what? To heck with Toyota. Like, yeah, Toyota wants to keep you, but your team don't. Whatever. Like, who? In the end, Toyota's not going. to just pay for you a ride.
4: You know? Toyota's not going to open their own racing
2: team. Yeah, it's not going to be Toyota
1: Racing. Well, what if he does go to 2311, this this being Kyle Busch, what if he does go to 2311 instead of just staying there with Joe Gibbs? I mean, it's Toyota-affiliated. It's a Toyota team. Why not go there and be a senior driver? or the I don't think he would
2: leave Gibbs and go to a Gibbs-affiliated team. That just... Don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I
4: wouldn't say bad blood, but
2: Yeah. And I think okay. that's why you'll never see Denny Hamlin leave Gibbs and go drive for his own team either. Right. If Denny Hamlin retires, he's going to be a full-time team owner. That's it. And I don't blame him. Curious to see what's going to happen here in the next few weeks. Because I, I think if you see Denny Hamlin go drive for his own team, it's going to be because they wind up breaking away from Toyota altogether and go – That'd be when like Dodge comes back into NASCAR and they offer them some massive money or something like that, right? To break away and be like, look, we want somebody that is running decent, like Kurt Busch, because he's the only one running decent in twenty three eleven team anyway. But anyway, we want y'all to run Dodge.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know how that will throw in into it. I think it'll throw an interesting. Tr- wrench into things but tracy arnett uh by the way happy belated birthday we wish you a happy birthday but we wanted to shout it out here tracy who uh is a big martin truex jr fan loves martin truex jr and you know he brings up a good point here with dale earnhardt jr and it's not a full-time season but he does have he does he is an owner in the xfinity series and he does race in the xfinity series though be at one time a year could we see denny hamlin i mean we have to confirm the rules But I I think that might not be it.
2: We also see the cars registered under different car owners. So we talked about that last episode. There you go.
1: It's just going to have to be a we'll have to wait and see type moment here with Martin Drex Jr. I hope if he stays great, if he if he does retire, well, then he has nothing else to prove. He'll be a future Hall of Famer one day. And I, I will just have to wait and see on that one. I'm glad I at least to say this. Let's just say this. I'm glad I got to see him at least win one race if he does retire at the end of this season but anything else before we i, mean, I just wanted to bring that up i know we've been t- kind of chatting about that i wanted to get your guys' opinion on that on that but anything else before we get into this weekend's races no i'm good no uh, uh, let's we'll jump into Car. all right well let's jump into indycar before we continue on with today's episode i wanted to tell everyone out there whether this is your first time listening to rambling about racing or now your over 100th time of listening to Rambling About Racing, about our online store at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest Rambling About Racing gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, hats, pint glasses, and so much more. And since we use discount code MOTHER in honor of Mother's Day, I figure it would be appropriate to use discount code FATHER for 10% off for the month of June at Teespring and Bonfire where, again, you can find your latest Ramblin' About Racing gear and throwback in the marbles gear. So head over to ramblinaboutracing.com. Links will be under the Stores tab, or links will be in the podcast description as well as the YouTube description below. Go check them out, and you'll look good in it as well, whether you're at your local short track or the high glamour lights of Daytona, Talladega, or Formula One or Indy tracks. Again, 10% off using discount code FATHER through the month of June. The Detroit Grand Prix, Will Power won that race. I, did you guys watch the race by any chance? No, I didn't. I actually
4: forgot and didn't record it.
1: Well, I, I mean, Will Power won, leading 55 of the 70 laps. And to be honest with you, I didn't watch it. It was during the NASCAR race, and between IndyCar and NASCAR, I'm going to watch NASCAR 10 times out of 10 on that one. And Jimmy Johnson ended up finishing 22nd. Connor Daly finishing 12th. That was it. That was How it? did it call how did Colton Herta do? Because I know I picked him; he probably wrecked out, blew up. I'll find out how Colton Herda did. i oh, Colton Hurta finished eighth. It Wasn't
4: too bad. I know normally when I normally when I pick a driver, they crash out, wreck out, blow up, flip. Yeah,
1: I know Charlie picked Paddle Award to win that race, and he finished fifth. I forget who I picked, but I mean, just I didn't watch the race because it, and here's my thing with IndyCar trying to compete head to head with NASCAR odds are they're going to lose unless you're a diehard IndyCar fan. Unless you, you get up to watch on Sunday the IndyCar race, you're going to watch the IndyCar race while everybody else watches NASCAR. I think IndyCar or NASCAR need to get together. And, and having Roger Penske own IndyCar, this shouldn't be an issue this year. It should be that Roger Penske gets with NASCAR, whoever makes the scheduling of that, and says we can work together to – promote both of our sports if one of us starts at noon and the other one starts at 3.30 or whatever time it is. That's something that they get together. It could benefit both sports instead of choosing one or the other. And that's I mean I didn't watch the the IndyCar race because NASCAR was on. I don't know if what you guys think about that. No,
2: I'm the same way. I I don't think IndyCar can compete head to head for broadcast or for airtime or whatnot with NASCAR. No, they can't. And and the Memorial Day weekend is a good example of how it should be
1: set up. The Formula One race odds are it's going to be run on the European continent, if not the Asian continent. So it's going to start a lot earlier than the mm-hmm. the, the races and. In, in, in IndyCar and NASCAR. And, and, and
2: which it needs to be. Um, and, and, like I said, Monaco Grand Prix, huge race for Formula 1, rolls right into Indianapolis 500, and then rolls right into the Coke 600.
1: Yeah, and it should be like that for if there was a trifecta, not necessarily Memorial Day weekend, but a weekend coming up like this weekend where Formula One's racing, IndyCar's racing, and NASCAR's racing, that there should be a scheduling thing. I mean, the the heads of these organizations, organizations need to get together and say, Formula One's going to start their race early if you're here in the United States because that's just the way the time difference works. Then IndyCar needs to go and NASCAR needs to go, or NASCAR, then IndyCar. Because if, if they are competing head-to-head, head, IndyCar is going to lose that fight 10 times out of 10. And I'd like to see that change down the road to where we can watch it. And, yeah, we do have DVRs, and you can wa- and you can just DVR the race. But I'd rather watch the race live mm. instead of fast-forwarding it through what I feel could be a boring part but could be a crucial part to the race. And, and that's just me. Again, I didn't watch the IndyCar race, but I wish we could have watched the IndyCar race so I could have been able to see the detroit grand prix but didn't get to watch it. maybe this weekend if the schedule plays out between nascar and indycar because indycar is racing at road america and nascar is racing at sonoma so maybe it'll work out i want to talk about nascar and i want to talk about this i want to lead off with this portland for the xfinity series race did, did you guys watch that or did you watch the highlights of that
2: recorded no, I, yeah recorded and watched it last night as well because we was at we were at the races Saturday, so okay. we, were, we were standing in the ankle deep water. Yeah, we were right. standing in ankle deep water ourselves.
1: <laughs> That's right. You guys were as well. But it was a it was a what race for the Xfinity series? I want to get you guys' first impressions on that. For me, I was a little skeptical skeptical about Portland because I. wasn't sure how it would be with road course racing, but then when I saw it was rain, I was a little more optimistic, but not really. But what were your guys' initial thoughts of the race and, and thoughts overall of the race? Cause I, I'll tell you mine after we get to yours.
4: I enjoy it. I, I kind of like rainy races because when the track starts drying it's who has, I wouldn't say who, who's the first to go to slicks. Who's the first to go to slicks to make it work. There's a lot of people spin out. I feel bad for the people who cut the grass because they're gonna to have to take some sand and some sod and uh, fix a
1: lot of places. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that race immensely, and and I'm not a big fan of road courses. If you, you're a longtime listener of this show, Matt Beamer is not a fan of road courses. He could care less whether if it's a road course or not. I, I just don't. I just I just don't care for him. But that race in the rain, I knew when they were going to go into turn one on lap one that that was going to be an interesting. Start to the race, and sure enough, it was. They bottlenecked up, and every—I mean, it was almost like if you're a team owner in the Xfinity Series, you had some bills at the end of the day for that one. It doesn't matter if you won the race or finished dead last; you had bills to pay because your those cars were racing at Portland, but they looked like they were raced at Martinsville and Bristol. It was, and, and what was
4: crazy is when they would spin out going to turn or miss turn one, they could stop save the penalty or stop long enough, take off, and be gain a position or two.
1: Because right. Noah Gregson was during, two right. spots behind yes. during Allgaier.
4: He stopped, took off, and passed whoever was behind Allgaier and was in front of him.
2: During the wet track, they were able to do that. Because they'd carry so much more momentum going off into that turn. They'd stop, serve the penalty, keep going, and gain two positions. It was crazy.
1: The, the whole
2: race was
1: absolutely crazy, and I was happy to see that it was because if you if you would have told me this is going to be an interesting race before the race started, I would have told you you're absolutely crazy. There's no way this race is going to be fun whatsoever because it, it's just a road course race, but with the rain and everything, that's what made it very interesting to me. And there were, I mean, even AJ Allmendinger, the eventual race winner got off track and he wasn't he almost went he didn't he go a lap he went a lap down. He, went, lap down. And he went a lap down. And before the green flag even
4: dropped.
1: I mean AJ Almendinger had the most up and down race I've seen in a long time from a NASCAR race and he ended up winning, which goes to show don't quit until the Jack Flag falls because you you could win a race even at your worst race. I mean he didn't look like he had a chance at all. I felt like Ty Gibbs was just gonna run away with it, and he did for a little bit, but then cautions fell right. The the stage racing, the stage breaks fell right, and it just was a chaotic race from start to finish. And one thing I gotta bring up is what happened under caution between the 54 car and Jesse Awuji. And I texted Jesse afterwards, and I'll tell you what we talked about. It it was interesting because he hit the 54 car, the leader. And Jesse was a few laps down at the time. He hit the 54 of Ty Gibbs and spun him out. And the only reason I, we knew anything happened is because there was a cheer from the crowd.
2: Yep. Found out Portland doesn't like Gibbs either.
1: I think Jesse Abuji gained a few fans from that. As inadvertent as it was, and I got a statement here that I want to read from Jesse here. But as inadvertent as that was, Jesse hit the leader under caution. What, what are your initial thoughts on that? I mean, I, mean, I think it was an accident. I think it was just a mistake on Jesse's part, unfortunately. And it just happened to be the leader and probably the one in the top driver in the the Xfinity
2: series at the time. I think it was just one of those things. It's definitely a a weird situation because I'd get getting a wave around, but man, Jesse was, he had a head full of steam coming off in there. And it's not like he couldn't see Ty Gibbs in front of him at all. It's a weird cir- circumstance. I, I, I'm not saying he meant to do it at all. It, it's just, man, I, I don't know what happened there. It, that's a that's a that's that's a hard call. But I definitely learned that Ty Gibbs is not liked on the West Coast either. No, he isn't. And I want to bring
1: up the West Coast here in a little bit here because Portland's an interesting market here. But here's what Jesse's comments on Twitter had to say in regards to that. He said, "quote I want to sincerely apologize to the 54 team, Ty Gibbs." for the incident during the caution at Portland. It was not intentional at all. When the caution came out, the 54 had accidentally passed me. So race control had come over the radio and told me to go by him in the pace car to get behind the field. Right after that, I got in that communication over the radio from my crew, the 54 car was nearing turn 1 and I had moved over to the outside wall and assumed he was doing because I needed to pass him. The 54 moved over, and he assumed he was doing that in order to, for him to go by. I, okay, I said what he said. saying. Assumed that. he
2: got the same notification. Right, he
1: assumed he got the same notification. Over a big arc in the corner, I turned in, and when I was already heading right, he was turning right, the inside corner, and collided and accidentally spun the 54 car. I received some damage, but not sure if he did. I got penalized two laps and also had to go see the series director after the race. Once again, I apologize for the incident that was caused. And I texted Jesse, and I said, don't let yesterday get you down. I see great things for you and your, for you and NASCAR and your new team. Stay the course. And he said, thank you. Appreciate it. He's a man of very few words when I text him for some reason, but that's okay. It was it was an unfortunate accident, which happened there. And I could see the miscommunication there and, and what he observed, one thing. But what I don't like is everybody getting go on to Jesse Wooji and saying, thank you for your service. Retire from NASCAR. I think he's just just as a just servant to be out there as anybody else in the field. And Jesse is making great moves in the sport of NASCAR. He's, this is all he's wanted to do. And we had a great interview with him early on in uh, railing about racing's history, then in the marbles, and, and talked to him. And it, I became a fan of Jesse Abuchi. I believed in him, and I still do. And I think he's going to do great things in the world of NASCAR.
2: But I think it was just that one of those things is just Stuff happens. I said the same thing. It's one of those things, and you would like to think that if NASCAR communicated that to you, that they communicated the same thing to the 54, and that just wasn't that wasn't the situation in that circumstance. So
4: and he didn't do it intentional because if you're going to take somebody out under caution, you go carburetor they're, deep. They're not going to finish the race. I can assure you, that. I've seen plenty of them. You go windshield deep, and then you get out and you start throwing hands. <laughs>
1: Right, and and we didn't see any of that. I think it was just a whoops moment, live and learn, move on from it. It was a chaotic race from the drop of the green flag because of the rain. And so there was a lot of things, not just that, but there were a lot of things that were just weird about that race. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it was just weird about that race.
2: Well, you know, that that brings me kind of to my, my next thing is, you know, talking about that track, it was a crap start to begin with. These cars don't belong on a wet track. They can handle good on a damp track, and, and we saw that once that track started drying off. But a wet track, which is what that track was when it started and what it was when it, it got worse and worse before it got better, these cars don't belong on a wet track. I don't care what kind of tires you bring, what kind of bullcrap flaps you try to make in the back like they tried to do for Coda and whatever, whatever kind of rigging you try to do it doesn't matter these cars do not belong on a wet track Th- this ain't f1
4: that's the reason noah had to go to a backup car because he was coming down the front stretch going into turn one hit standing water hydroplanes went off hit the grass completely destroyed the splitter Yeah, and that's why he had to go to a backup car and have standing with, water on the track
2: and have wet tires on at that time it's it's ridiculous a damp track is fine. Goodyear's does Goodyear does not make a freaking soaking wet track tire. They make a damp track tire. That is it. And that's all they're good for. And that's all they will ever be good for. NASCAR needs to do better on making adjustment car to judgment call to start these stupid races.
1: So is it a NASCAR issue or is it a Yes, it's an, No, it's not a, it's not a Goodyear it's issue. It's not a
2: Goodyear it's, issue. It, no, it's a NASCAR issue. Okay. It's absolutely an NASCAR issue. Don't don't start these races. Did they not learn their lesson last year at Coda? Uh, obviously not, because then they just did the same thing in Xfinity Series. All right, fair in enough. Portland.
1: All right, fair enough. I mean, I can see your uh, point in that because
2: Coda, yeah, last year was a crap show, did, and this and, and race and now, was an absolute it, crap show of a race. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. The majority of the people that should have won this race just got taken out for pure stupidity. Most of it being NASCAR's fault. Wet grass getting slung everywhere. I mean, just stupid, stupid, stupid decisions. The race should have never got started to begin with. If it did, it should have got started a lot sooner or or something. It is what it is. but Or NASCAR should have ran the truck race on Friday and been done with
1: it. Okay, yeah, I see your point because right after... The truck series race, that's when we had the Xfinity series race, so it was a scheduling issue at that point.
2: Or they should have ran the Xfinity series on Friday, truck race Saturday, cup race Sunday, since they were running the trucks and cup at the same track. Fair enough.
1: I I, I feel like it was a good race, and I, I almost feel like Xfinity series at this point was a guinea pig again for wet weather conditions. I feel like every time a wet weather condition comes up like this, NASCAR takes the opportunity to say, Let's see what we could get away with. To your point, Charlie, we saw it CODA last year, and it was a complete crap show. I personally enjoyed Portland because it was just a bunch of what's going to happen next. Did we see a lot of torn up race cars? Yes, we did. Did we see a lot of question marks and questionable calls, whether they were told over the radio or left unsaid to us, the viewers? I would say yes. But overall, the race was good. It was unpredictable. I thought Ty Gibbs was going to run away with it. And AJ Allmendinger came from the front, from the back to the front in those conditions and survived. Even though he went off the track, even though he spun out a time or two, he came up and won the race. Which shows that these cars can run on wet conditions with the driver who's good enough to run in them. But again, I mean, I have to say to to side with you, Charlie. Not every driver grew up racing in the rain and racing road courses. Not every, I mean, a lot of drivers had to learn on the fly how to race in the rain. I would have to say, even Jesse Wooji had to learn how to race in
2: the rain and it bit him.
1: So I mean, I I don't mind rain racing in NASCAR, but I feel like I, it's I don't that, either. But, but there's I, a, there's a difference
2: in wet and damp.
1: But then why not just have Goodyear? Formate, like Formula One does, they have a wet tire and an intermediate tire for damp conditions. Why not form it up like that and kind of have a tire compound like that where Formula One, for where I should say NASCAR, has a wet tire with deeper grooves that could expel more water out to ensure the grip of the race car and damp tires, kind of like what we've seen on the Cup and Xfinity level for that type of condition. So I, I think it's more of a That's good. Year. I, I mean, think it's more of a Goodyear I mean, issue than it is a NASCAR issue. Then at that point, but,
4: but do you think it was a guinea pig situation, or do you think NASCAR was saying it's wet? Some people are going to get taken out. Let's let it run so the fans can see their driver they don't like get taken out.
1: I, I I don't think it's necessarily a driver that they don't like getting taken out. I mean, yeah, everybody cheered when Ty Gibbs got taken out, but I feel like it is a issue where it is a guinea pig issue let's see what we can get away with now that we've we have these kind of updates from last year's coda races and now it's still rain right, racing in the rain for nascar is still relatively new i think nascar is still trying to figure it out so any opportunity that they have to figure it out and see cars on the track under race conditions race that in those conditions they're going to take advantage of and see what works and what doesn't and i think nascar is still learning and they're going to take any opportunity they can to learn from it in any series, but then at the same time, still put on a show for the fans in which, which, you know, let's, let's face it here. The fans got a show there at Portland. It was exciting racing from the drop of the green flag all the way to the checkered flag. I mean, a lot of torn up race cars. I feel bad for the team owners in the Xfinity series. I, I think they put on a good show. One of the best shows I've seen all, all year in the
2: Xfinity series. And yeah, I- I'm sure. And-
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere,
3: playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase
0: necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And, and maybe that was uh, because they're running at Portland. Hey, let's just let it play out however it plays out. In my opinion, there's still got to be a better adjustment call made on that situation, though.
1: That race would have been extremely boring if it was under dry conditions and Ty Gibbs ran away with it, and the only time we've seen him bunched up was under the stage breaks.
2: And we don't know that he'd have ran away with it under dry conditions. So. I, I, think, I think he would have.
1: I think the only competitor that would have competed with him was AJ Allmendinger, and it would have been a good race to the end, but I think Ty Gibbs would have ended up winning that race under dry conditions. Oh, Because the drier it got, the worse Ty Gibbs got. Well, good point there, Charlie. I mean... I, I the drier he got, the more he moves people out of the way. That's true as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Portland was a home run. I think to better understand that track, we're going to have to see it raced again. I think, I don't know if that, they raced there last year, but uh, I, I can't remember offhand. But I mean, I thought Portland was a good race. I think I'd like to see it ran, at least in. I If they ran it last year, I, I apologize. I don't remember offhand. But I'd like to see it raced again to see what would happen if under dry conditions. Kind of like last year with Coda Charlie didn't like yeah. it at all, and this year it was actually a really good race there at the end for the Cup Series. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to see it raced again and, and see what happens. I will say this: yeah, Ty up?
4: Gibbs is messing with the wrong junior first course driver, Sam, Him and Sam Mayer. But you, you don't want to don't want to put and he's he's almost like a home fed country boy. He don't put up stuff. So yeah, it better I mean, work
3: out. well, a
1: lot of drivers. I feel I feel like got into it, and then we saw Sheldon Creed throw the number one finger to someone. I forget who it was. It was some low-ranking uh, driver.
4: Jerry, is it Jerry Buford? Yeah, Jay Buford. Jay, Jay Buford.
1: Jay Buford. Yeah. Jay Buford. He, he threw the number one finger at him, and it's like, man, okay. Well, I'll take and, that. And I don't
4: know why he flicked them off, because so it happened on a restart. They got into it, and when Sheldon Creed went to take off, so he said, all went through and had to serve the penalty. When Sheldon Creed took off, he ended up hitting somebody else, stopping in front
1: of him. So I don't know why he was flicking you for golf. I don't know, man, but it's one of those things where I'd like to see that emotion come out. I'd like to see that. When you see a driver walk onto the track, regardless of what series it is, Truck Xfinity Cup, you don't see it a lot in Formula 1. You don't see it a lot in IndyCar, but in NASCAR you see it. And when you see the drivers walk out to the track and you don't see it much anymore because of... What happened in Watkins Glen with Tony Stewart and and that other guy who he hit on the dirt track, unfortunately. But you see the the emotions, you see the stuff being thrown. You miss that, and and Sheldon Creed, on top of Jesse Wuji, gained a few fans. I feel from that because he showed that, regardless of what Jay Buford did, and I don't know if he did anything or not, we see that raw emotion come from in the driver to where he wants to do well, and if he doesn't do well, he's going to take it out on someone and show someone he, his displeasure for him. And I miss that, those days in NASCAR. So I didn't mind Sheldon Creed doing that at all. Anything else about Portland? I mean, congrats to A.J. Allmendinger for winning. Well-deserved victory coming from the back to the front. But anything else?
2: No, nah, I'm, I'm good. We'll jump into the truck series. All right. Noah,
4: Noah Gregson did go to Jesse website or whatever. He did buy something from him. Jesse's got a... Uh, yeah, Noah I Noah I think, likes Jesse
1: now. <laughs> I think a lot of people like Jesse now, and there, there's nothing not to like about Jesse, and if you want, go listen to our interview with him. We'll link it in the podcast description and YouTube description below after this is all said and done. And make sure to go check that out because that was a good interview with Jesse Ruji. I really enjoyed that one. The Truck Series and Cup Series ran at the Worldwide Technology Center there in St. Louis... We're going to start off with the trucks. First impression of the trucks,
2: gentlemen.
4: I recorded it, and I just kind of skipped through it and watched the highlights
2: of it. To me, it's kind of a normal truck race. It's what what the trucks have been being the past few weeks. Just not the not the best of truck series races. A lot of a lot of green, frat, uh, green, green flag runs. Man, I ain't, can't get my words out there, but uh, not the best racing. Man, just not living up to. Your typical truck series.
4: There, there is one thing. Yeah. So there's a bunch of rookies or debuts being made.
2: Yeah, With me and you talked about this earlier today, and this is where NASCAR NASCAR needs to do better. And I, I I'll say that, and I'm gonna let you finish this. Do better, NASCAR. This is complete bullcrap. I get that it's. I, I, I get you want to jump on all these trains that today's society is on, whether it be Pride Month and we want to jump on the bandwagon of this month or that month or this month and we celebrate this month or whatever, enough's enough. Like, there's there's more than just one driver in the field. And just because this driver is, you know, followed by the guy that drives a 23-cup car, who cares? It's not just him. He's not the only rookie driver out there. So you're going to have to explain
1: it uh, more to me because
2: well, Austin's about to. So I, okay, Austin, I, I, go ahead. I don't ahead. want to talk about it a lot because I'm going to get mad and then I'm going to go on a rant. So <laughs> Austin, you go ahead. You're going to go on a ramble,
4: and that's why this is called rambling about racing. Anyways, yeah, yeah you're correct. So, right. so Roger Carruth, he drives an ARCA series. He made his debut in the trucks, and Jake Garcia made his debut debut in the trucks. And
2: there was one other one I couldn't remember. but Yeah, hey, uh, real quick before you go on. Uh, Matt, have you ever heard of the cruz boy?
1: Yeah, I have. And and I followed him a little bit, and he ended up finishing 11th in that race. I thought he had a good run. Uh, where
2: where did you hear of the cruz boy?
1: I don't know. I've seen him on Twitter and social media and stuff. I mean, I haven't really. So
2: all, all because of social media. Okay. Yeah. That, that kind of proves my point. Okay.
1: All right, go ahead, Austin. What, what, what's so, going on? And then there was another one, Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia. Not, not because
2: he's winning races or nothing like that, just because of social media. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it.
4: So Jake Garcia made his debut. Jake Garcia is a hell of a super late and pro late model driver. The crew chief for Jake Garcia is the same crew chief that made Chase Elliott, Ricky Turner. Okay. So every caution that came out, they would turn the cameras Straight to Roger Karis, and they would talk about him. And I, I never heard of Roger Karis until I started watching some of our races. So they were more fond of following him and looking at him. When Jake Garcia, to me, I think once he gets sponsorships and moves up from late models to trucks, it's going to be something. I, I almost, almost want to say he'll be the next Chase Elliott because of who he has working with him now. And it's almost like they 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 talked about Jake one time. And I don't know if it kind of pissed me off because I am a fan of Jake or what, but I, it's almost like they were more worried about somebody who really, to, to me, wouldn't do good in the sport or wouldn't rise like I think Jake would. And I, I don't know where they were going with it. But if it, if I was running the NASCAR, I would have focused more on Jake Garcia because I know a lot more people know him by his name and what he's done. I mean, the, the boy was 15 years old, 14 years old. They finished second at the Snowball Derby. And if you don't know what the Snowball Derby is, it's the biggest late model race in the United States. All right, there's there's 70 late models that go to Pensacola, Florida, and they only take 38. And that boy finished second two years ago. So they he's a high
1: caliber of a driver. Well, and to be fair, looking at the standings here, Jake Garcia finished 29th in that race. Could that have something to do with it? And, 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 that,
4: and, that's, my, and that's possibly why they did it, but right. I just... Like like you said, you only know Raja because of social media. Everybody knows Jake because of the wins. I mean, he he's won the the Montgomery Motor Speedway, where I'm from. He's won two championships, and there's big names running in that. So it's almost like they don't want to focus on who's going to be something, and they focus on somebody who won't be something. And that's my opinion.
1: Okay, well, I mean, who's to say this this Carruth guy isn't going to be Something at all. I mean, I, I think and, and, and he might. He might. He's, he's running decent in the Archer Series, and he ran ran in this last weekend in uh, St. Louis. He he finished eleventh. I mean, in his debut, that's impressive.
4: He he did. Um, I, I'm not knocking the kid by no means, not at all. Because I like between him and Daniel Dye and uh, Corhun, like that's who I'm pulling for Archer Series. But they just they tended to hit Roger more than they did the other three, other two.
1: Like in their B. I, I don't know for the Truck Series race for me. For once, I for one, I when I when I tuned into the program, I made sure there were no Cup Series drivers racing in it. So then I decided to watch the race, and it was a boring race. The highlight of the race, if you want to call it that, was when Carson Hoscovar wrecked and and injured his ankle. The craziness of that accident, a little t bone, unfortunately for Carson, and he and he did get hurt. And we're hoping that he makes a speedy recovery and shows up next week in here at Sonoma. But I, I feel like that was yeah, the, the so, highlight of the re- race, unfortunately uh, for
2: for Carson on on Hosavar there. Hosavar and drove across crafting. If that's the race that you're referring to, no, no, no this, this this
1: is on the white
2: flag. Yeah, this is this is at the final lap. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh well, Hosavar also. You know, everybody's all Hosavar this and Hosavar that he had to borrow a helmet and a Hans device because he forgot his helmet and his Hans device at home. Like how, how do you forget a helmet and a Hans device? Like those are kind of two pretty important pieces of equipment that you need for the race. Like, what are you doing? Like, You, you know, everybody hypes him up. I ain't going to win him a race. You know, this kid's got, you, you forgot something. Hold on now. Hold on now. Actually, I, I forgot okay. radio. Oh,
4: if I do recall, I got out of my car walked in your trailer, and you said, I need you to go to my house. Now, granted, your house is three minutes from the track, but you left the damn radios.
1: Radios, Ooh. not
2: my helmet. But you still left something. Ooh. No radios. I drive without a radio.
1: Charlie, I can't believe you and did and that.
2: I drove without a spider for, like, two laps. Whatever. Two laps. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, you, but you still, you are a driver. Like, radios are on you. Like, a bit, the radios are on me, the spotter, the spotter, I would never forget the radios. So,
2: good okay, good. well, I'm going to leave them at the house from here on out. So, if they don't show up to the track, it's going to be because you didn't come from Montgomery.
4: Hey, listen, this true. the I'll water the ducks. I'll cut the water off after I the Well, the
2: ducks, the ducks uh, they'll be going at 10 o'clock tomorrow, so... Nothing on the truck race. Yeah, and this this comes back to the broadcasting side of stuff. Stop hyping up Matty D. Enough's enough. Oh man, he's gonna. Yeah, I I wouldn't count him out. He's gonna get his first win. This is gonna shake up the points. No, he's not. Yeah, I feel feel like
1: by this point, if Matt Benedetto would have, if he's gonna be
2: competitive in the trucks, he he would have already been competing for wins. He would be in the top
1: five and in the. In the playoff picture right now, but absolutely, not, but yeah, he's not, yeah,
2: and he's most likely not going to be. Let's stop with the
1: bullcrap. I agree with the Matt Benedetto there logic. Unfortunately, I, I I like Matt, Matty, and Z. I do too. But, but let's you know, let's
2: call it like it is. Sometimes, please.
1: No, I agree. I agree one hundred percent with that one, Charlie. But anything else about the truck race? I mean, it really wasn't anything right home about. I I the the Portland race to me overshadowed that race. One hundred percent to me. I mean I I was kind of the truck race was boring. Yeah, I, mean, I, I struggled to I, stay awake the truck awake. race
2: was boring and I watched the Xfinity race just to hope that you know, in hopes that it would get a little bit better. And it did. It was still a crap show, but at least yep. it was a crap show that was a little more interesting than the green flag runs that the truck race provided. So yeah like you, know, you had to squeeze in that seat a little bit. Okay.
4: okay.
2: Um, <laughs> same one that came out of GG that you crushed the front end on. I yeah. got plenty of moving around. All right. Oh, I had I had a whole lot of move around. Let's see. I actually shift. I, I would actually uh, kick myself over to help the rear end turn a little bit in it whenever I go through the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, that's it. that's what you do. You kick it around and then you bring into somebody. Uh, I forgot to hit the brakes whenever I went like that. Where yeah, I was right. like, oh god, I, I'm going too fast.
1: Now we uh, switched to the Cup Series race. Uh, Joey Logano ended up winning the race, uh, second mm. career, a uh, second victory of 2022. There for Joey Logano, initial thoughts of the Cup race. I, I personally thought it exceeded expectations, but I, I think we've, I've, I'm starting to discover a problem here, and I think I know what the problem is. But I want to hear your guys'
3: opinion first. But What's what, the problem? Okay, so.
0: so the, you you got, got to, you got to say the problem okay, before
1: now, we can... Okay, okay, fair enough. I was going to see if any of you brought it up. But I, I feel now that we've seen a lot of races, and, and only a handful, I feel like, to be fair, with the Gen 7 car at flat tracks, Martinsville, Richmond, now Worldwide Technology Raceway, that maybe the, the problem isn't necessarily the Gen 7 car. Maybe it's lack of banking. In the, for the Gen 7 car. Because the Coca-Cola... But what's the, but
2: what's the problem? The problem is, I
1: mean, last weekend's race at the Coca-Cola 600 was the um, uh, the, the race of the year so far, in my opinion. And every banked track we've seen great racing. Every, every, every flat track we've been to so far has just been not, not lived up to the hype. Does yeah, that make sense?
2: I, I don't think you can compare... Sunday's track at, world, at Worldwide Technology or whatever to an actual short track being a mile and a quarter track. No, yes, right. it's a flat track. But it's a mile long. But, but overall, you know, overall, I thought that, you know, there was a lot of hard racing. No, there was it was Because you, you really can't, th- as far as the height, you know, we didn't know what we would expect going into that race because they had never raced there before. you know, They've raced at Martinsville. They've raced at Richmond. We expected a whole lot more from Martinsville than what we got this year. I thought the races at worldwide in St. Louis or whatever, for the most part, we saw three wide through the corners, even four wide at times, even though it didn't work out. But I thought it was pretty good racing, you know, throughout the day. A, a lot of times, I mean, it, it's just did it live up, you know, to maybe the the racing that we wanted it to. Being a a, a lot smaller track and maybe a flat track, no, I mean, maybe not. Especially being a lot of tire issues, still, still a left rear issue. So I'm, I'm going to go right back to. What I used to say, I'm not even gonna say it. Everybody knows. I still thought it was a pretty good race. No, I'm not and taking.
1: I, I'm not taking away from the race because the racing I feel like was better than any type of flat track that we've seen so far, especially short track racing, especially Martinsville and Richmond mm-hmm. that we've seen thus far in the season. And I was worried I, about that.
2: I think I, I think we'll have a little bit of comparison when they go to New Hampshire. I think once they yes. go to New Hampshire, then let's revisit. Worldwide and be like, okay, you know what? Maybe we do have an issue or maybe we we'll even be saying, no, you know, maybe it's not an issue. Maybe it's a legit short track issue. It's not a flat track issue. Right. It is a fair short enough. track issue. It is a half mile, uh, half to three quarter mile issue, right. not a one mile or bigger issue. All right. Fair enough. Because I, I agree with you. I, I i'll take
1: back what i said the st louis and worldwide technology raceway produced a good race we we saw a lot of different issues we didn't see as many tire issues we saw some tire issues one pit one bit chase briscoe pretty hard there but i mean other than that i didn't really i don't recall at least offhand really any other tire issues except for if you call kevin harvick scratch there at the end the tire issue i think that's a brake rotor issue I mean, it, it was a. It yeah, was a it was definitely
2: a mechanical issue, not a tire
1: issue. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, I have to bring this up before we continue on here. Ross Chastain, throughout that race, put the bumper to a lot of people, a lot of drivers, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. We saw Chase Elliott get into B.J. McLeod. We saw a lot of bumping runs there, for lack of better words. What do you guys think of that? Because Ross Chastain did what I feel like he needed to do to pass the drivers on the track. Because passing was tough, and in order to get the run, especially going into turn run one, and to make the pass, you needed to put the bumper to someone. It was early in the race when he did it to Denny Hamlin, and I don't know what your views well, on this, Charlie, I, are.
2: Austin, you, you go first on this one, then I'll follow up.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think, Austin? Do you think Ross Chastain was racing too aggressive throughout the course of the race? Because he did put the bumper to a lot of people. He did move a lot of people out of the way in order to make passes on the racetrack for a position, especially early on in that race.
4: Move, using your bumper early in the race isn't going to do nothing but cause you problems later on in the race. Because if you use the bumper and move them, and they don't like it, they're, they're going to retaliate. Uh, I didn't get to watch the race. recorded recorded was going to watch it today, but work didn't allow me. When you use the bumper and you put them in the wall, you, you just better watch out. If they survive, they can come back and finish the race. There's a saying in short track racing: "Is everybody's is your friend when you're slow, and you know, when, you, when you start finding speed and winning races, you don't have any friends." And I think he's—I don't think he's making a lot of friends right now.
1: No, because he didn't only do it to Denny Hamlin; he did it to Bubba Wallace. He did it to a lot of drivers throughout the course of the race, and I don't think he's very apologetic about it. Not that I'm saying he has to be apologetic about what he did on the track in order for him to be any type of legit driver. But I mean, he is starting to win races. He is starting to run very competitively there in the cup series. Could this be a a issue where, and I'm asking Charlie this as well, where his is to take a quote from top gun, which is a popular summer movie is his ego writing checks. His body can't cash.
2: In a lot of ways, yes, the consistency of of running up front is really starting to get to him. And now, if he has to start in the back, he's wanting to get right back up front a little too fast and try instead of trying to be a little bit more patient. The stuff with Denny, you know, he they pulled up the telemetry or whatever, and it showed that Ross Chastain was on the brakes from what McReynolds. Like Mac Reynolds. There, there you, you go. go. Okay, we got it. There, awesome. Yeah, America's worst crew chief. Uh, anyway,
1: <laughs> still wait for
2: him to come down the South Alabama Speedway and set up your car. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but even he said that it showed Ross Chastain on the brakes before he got into, into Denny. So. Was Denny loose before that a little bit and had to let off and Ross didn't even have time to really check up and he had to get on the brakes and it was just too late? We'll never know. You know, I, I don't know on that situation, but Denny acted way out of line afterwards. I get trying to run him off maybe after one time, but then just trying to hold him up the rest of the race. It's, it's uncalled for.
4: So so are you saying if you're the faster car,
2: in the slower car? Because I put it this way: if Denny Denny tried to Denny tried to rough me up, not knowing maybe what was going on after after I got into him. Okay, fine. I get him maybe being a little upset. Completely understandable. Okay, I wouldn't argue that whatsoever. But then later on, holding me up for two laps and then possibly, you know, even NASCAR said, look, you know, if you, if you don't make speed in like three laps, there's a chance you'll be parked. So because if he'd have been on that damaged car policy or whatever, did he hold me up for three laps? I don't make. I'm not going to lie, guys. But the 11, you wouldn't have been able to read 11. It it looked look like a number one. He'd have been in the wall so quick. I'd have dumped him. He'd, he'd have been spun out so fast from him yeah, holding I, me up. I, I agree. And, and you see a lot of it more so out of the short, short track
4: racing. If you got the faster car and the slower car won't get out of your way, you give them a shot to let them know, like, hey, I'm hey, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Let me buy. Let me go. And no matter if it's the beginning of the race, middle of the race, end of the race, if you give them another shot, a second one, like, hey, Move or I'm going to move you.
2: And then the third and final shot Say, so, hey, I gave you two warnings. Yeah. You let me go. It was early in the race. Ross was definitely faster than Denny. And, and all three of us can agree on that. Now, yeah, Denny probably had the preferred line, sure. But there's no doubt that Ross was probably faster. Definitely. There's no problem. But he was faster than Denny. But Denny had the preferred line, but he was holding him up. You know, there's no point in holding a car up at that point in a race. Yeah, if you
4: know you got a a better car than you behind you, early on the race, move out of the way, let them go, come in, make the adjustments, and be there at the end. Don't don't hold a
2: guy up. Where where I don't agree with what Ross did is when he stuck his nose in the middle of two cars. And I'm not saying this regardless of what Matt thinks, just because it got Chase Elliott involved in something. (laughs) Where I don't agree with what Ross did and where I think he did, you know, stick his nose where it don't belong is when he just decided to go in there and stick it three wide in the middle of, you know, the tightest turn on the track. That, that wasn't that wasn't smart. That, that was a dumb yeah, you, move. You got to use right that. Right. That's, that's where you make enemies right there. So,
1: OK, now I got it. Now I got a comment here and take i gotta play devil's advocate here because that's what i do on the show just kind of if, if anything to piss charlie off
2: you what can't if, make me
1: mad oh i can make you mad oh, oh come oh, on man. oh i can make you mad charlie and i think i'm about to right now Ross Chastain is starting to find his groove in nascar chase elliott's already an established driver though be it his name i feel more so than anything In the world of NASCAR. With
2: with a championship, okay. With a championship,
1: I'll give you that. With a championship, Ross Chastain's starting to find his place in NASCAR. Two wins at a season. How many does Chase Elliott have this season? He's got one. Okay, just one at this season. Mm -hmm. Chase Elliott, although be it a popular driver in the world of NASCAR, although be it one of those drivers that I feel like he, he can do anything else, Ross Chastain putting in there, in there was it aggressive? Absolutely. But I'm going to take what you said last week. You're there to win races. And I get it. I get it. You can't win it if you don't finish. You can't win it if you race aggressive and then people are going to race you that way back. We've seen that throughout the course of the year. But I feel like Ross Chastain is starting to find a snitch in NASCAR. Chase Elliott was there. He was res- racing aggressive. Ross Chastain had a good car all weekend. And it showed. Okay. Throughout, throughout so you course. said it.
2: Oh. Right. So so when, I, 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 I won't wait. let him finish, but he said it right there. Oh, but when he stuck it three
4: wide, where, at what point of the race was that? Middle, beginning, end?
1: I think it was like mid, if I'm not mistaken. A lot was happening that day with me. That, that was a wedding, a wedding anniversary day, so I was out, up and down a lot. But I know the incident you're talking about, Charlie. I mean, Ross Jastain, to me, I feel like this is so tough because on the one hand, I want to say Ross Jastain is, is going to be one of those drivers who competes with Chase Elliott for a long time. We're going to see these two race for a long time together. And, and just because it was Chase Elliott doesn't necessarily mean Ross Jastain gets a bad name. Doesn't necessarily, no, absolutely. Not. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean... That he should move out of the way for that Ross Chastain should move out of the way for Chase Elliott, but what I don't think he should. But what I I mean I mean then what's the issue here? I mean he was racing hard. I mean I feel like Ross Chastain is one of those drivers who races like it's the final lap every lap, and and he gets every position that he can on track whether it's moving out moving the driver like Danny Hamlin out of the way. I I, want
2: to see Ross's reaction to. If this situation ever occurs, to when somebody sticks their nose in the situation three him way and him being on the other side, and of the him being on the receiving end, yeah. which is going to happen, especially it will. It will. now that he races people that way, I want to see his reaction. And we'll just play. We'll just we'll just do it that way because it's it's it, going to well, happen. Watch the, watch the playoffs because they're all yeah. in the playoffs.
4: Danny Chase is going to remember that day. Yeah, it comes crunch
1: time. You are right, and and I, I would like to see Ross's re, Chastain's reaction. Same same way with Logano and Byron, right? Absolutely, absolutely. If Byron punches Joey Logano into the wall, into the wall, I feel like we're going to see a different Joey Logano than we did at Darlington. If Chase Elliott does what did what he Ross Chastain did to him here at St. Louis, we're going to see a different Ross Chastain. And to put it in football terms, you much rather be playing. I feel like offense rather than defense sometimes. And and with drivers, as far as I know, and I, I, I'm not a driver. You guys know that I'm not a driver. The closest I get is to I racing. But I feel like if you're the if you're playing defense the whole time, and, and you're you're going to get mad at the guy playing offense, being the aggressive driver. But if you're playing offense, like in the case of Chastain here at, at St. Louis you're going to be more than okay with that because you much rather be the aggressor. And I'll take it even a step further and say in the combat, as far as military combat, you want to dictate the tempo of the action. You want to say, I'm going to move like this and have the enemy react to that, to your actions. And what the enemy does will dictate more of what you do aggressively in that scenario. You want to be the aggressor no matter what. And Ross Chastain being the aggressor, I feel like is counterintuitive to what a lot of people think. I I like seeing the aggressor on the track, and that's why I like Ross Chastain. He dictates the tempo. Chase Elliott, one day, to Charlie's point, will dictate the tempo against Ross Chastain, and it would depend on Ross Chastain's reaction to that, whether he adapts and overcomes and then makes the starts dictating that tempo or reacts like everybody else reacted like they did to Rosh Hashanah and said, that was a bit too aggressive. I feel like it's a tempo thing and an aggressive thing. You want to be the aggressor. You want to dictate the tempo of the race. You want to dictate the tempo of the playing field, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, and you want to dictate the tempo in combat. Rosh Hashanah this past weekend was dictating the tempo, and it paid off with an eighth-place finish there at, at St. Louis. And Chase Elliott, I have to keep scrolling all the way down here, finished 21st. Yep, after he got shoved into the wall. But, hey, Ross Chastain finished way better than Chase
2: Elliott did. Yep, and that will be remembered. I, Ross Chastain could have probably won it if he wouldn't have got held up for two laps by Denny Hamlin. And and, and I think that's a wholly, totally separate situation
1: because, yeah, he Denny Hamlin did hold him up from a – a contact that happened earlier in the race, and the fact that he did hold him up, I feel like it's the same thing that Chase Elliott did to Kevin Harvick last fall at Bristol. I feel like it's the exact same thing. It's tactics used on the racetrack to dictate the tempo, and you much rather be the aggressor than playing defense.
2: And we go into that same type thing. Speaking of Denny Hamlin doing something like that, Ricky Stenhouse got into uh, NASCAR's golden boy, Bubba Wallace, and Danny Hamlin retaliated against Ricky Stenhouse.
1: But did he do that because it was his his team? And that's a something. And well, that's I don't something care. I,
2: it doesn't well, matter.
1: You are a driver first. Okay, okay. Then I, team owner. I I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's something I wanted to get into. Was was if you own a race team, can you defend the team even if they're not, you're not racing for that team? That was a topic I wanted you, to get into. When but. you're out there
2: on that track, he drives for Joe Gibbs. He doesn't drive for twenty three eleven. I agree. 100%. So are you saying he was wrong? Absolutely. He was wrong to go after Ricky Stenhouse because of that type of situation now. Well,
4: well, me and you have hand experience on this. So I what, know. I, what what I did to you a year ago, was I wrong for that or was I in the right for sticking up for a teammate? Me and you we also at a lot lower level. And well, yeah, we are on right. multi-million dollar teams. Matt, let me, let me, we need your opinion real quick. So, there was a season oh, yeah. out in a, a cup lot. Um, it was one of Mr. Roy's. Uh, I drove it, had the opportunity to drive it. Very thankful he let me drive it. So, there's this driver in the cup class. He I think he makes it a point to hit everybody on the track. I, I've had run-ins with him. Charlie's had multiple run-ins with him. Uh, it, was a, it was a point race. The caution came out. This was middle to the end of the season, and he just drives all over Charlie under caution. I was behind him. Me being a teammate of Charlie, under caution, I stuck my nose under him and tried to put his ass in the wall. So am I, was I in the wrong for sticking up for teammate, or was I defending my teammate?
1: Well, we drove for the same team. You didn't own the team. That That's where I was going to go with you weren't. Oh, I mean, it's okay to stick up for a teammate. I feel. I feel like if it wasn't Bubba Wallace, but if it was a Kyle Busch,
2: say say Kurt Busch did that, I wouldn't even say Kyle Busch. I'd say Kurt Busch because no, technically no. Kyle Busch is not a teammate to Bubba Wallace, right. even though it's a Joe Gibbs affiliated. You know, if it, team. No, if
1: no, what I'm saying here, Charlie, if it was Denny Hamlin watching Ross Chastain do that to Kurt or Kyle Busch, who is a teammate of Denny Hamlin. I would feel like it would be okay for him to show his displeasure. Kind of like what happened with Austin.
4: I can tell you what, what, through my brain, you just, that little button you mash, it goes beep, you might better get ready to mash it.
1: I don't think I could do that fast enough there, Austin.
4: So I don't need to play, give you play by play then?
1: Yeah, you're just going to have to use substitute words, I feel.
4: All right. So Filler. filler
1: words. Filler words. Filler words. Right.
4: <clears throat> Me and this driver I had it out. Charlie, and this driver had it out. We still have it out. When you get hot in a race car, your your actions speak louder than your uh, Hands- ability ability
2: to, to race suspension.
4: When I saw him hit Charlie, I knew it was caution. My spotter relayed the information to me: "Hey, check up, caution's out." Well, he just drove off the left side of Charlie's car. So in my mind, I'm like, "This guy fun. He does it, what is a fun race car. He goes me set it up. He gives me tips and pointers." I saw it. And I was like, You son of a gun, Massa Ferguson <laughs> I, I lost it. I was hot. So I, I said, Alright. And and I and they have a thing down there at Kinston. Don't anybody under caution. I d I didn't care. I, I was sticking up for teammate. I was gonna let that son of a gun know that, hey, what you did pissed me off. I know Charlie was pissed, and I stuck the bump stuck my nose up under him. I was in the 57
2: car then, and I
4: wasn't I? Uh, used 83. If, if it wasn't for my spotter saying "Stop your crap, you're gonna get a stone," or "You're gonna get black flag," I would have, I, I would have put his little ass in the wall. I, that, that's how bad it pissed me off. And, and I think every race should be like that. if you got a teammate, I'm like stick, stick up for somebody.
1: Okay, Here, here's the way I kind of see it, and I'm going to use a hockey analogy. In hockey, there are these these players called enforcers. For those of you who are just race fans or not hockey fans, there are these players called enforcers. Their one job is to protect the star players on the ice. There was an enforcer for Wayne Gretzky. There was a There's an enforcer for Sidney Crosby for the Penguins. I mean, so these star players, in order for them to do what they can do on the ice and score goals and, and be unimposed, is really to have an enforcer there protecting them. The way I see it right now is that in the, in this situation it was like Austin was the enforcer for Charlie somebody was pushing Charlie chirping at Charlie in a hockey term that he needed to be dealt with and in and in hockey it's easy you 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 square up to the guy you drop the gloves and you fight and you sit down for 30 minutes, or for 30 minutes for 5 minutes after the fight and and you think about what you did and sometimes they get out and go at it again it's okay to stick up for your teammate i don't have any problem with that what Denny Hamlin was doing, however, was sticking up for a employee. Yeah, which is in the way the same thing, but it's not correct. And and and
2: I see trying. Hey, you're, you're not. You're not. He's not getting paid to be out there for his team. He's getting paid to drive for a team. Right. He. is mean, Austin didn't get paid by the way. But no, anyway.
1: no. But but the, the, the concept is still
2: there. It doesn't matter. I actually paid to be there, but anyway,
4: how, how would Joe Gibbs feel if Denny reacted and, and got tossed out, up, damaging True. his car, wrecking his car, or getting black flag? Like, that, that is
1: a how, that is a very
2: very good point. How, how would Joe Gibbs feel?
1: That that is a very good point, and it's very. Mm, I, mean, I I don't even know how to say that. We have a thing in the fire service now switching gear it's not switching gears, but it's kinda of the same thing. It's it's like if you could justify your actions on the fire ground, then you're totally okay. It's like well why'd you do this? It's because of this and this and this. I saw a, a driver who's been racing aggressive all day already put me in the wall, wreck one of my drivers, my car owned drivers, and and now I wanna show him that I'm showing my displeasure without wrecking him, without just taking him out completely, thus causing me to get parked. That and, I, and, I was. And there's, way, and
4: there's a way you can do that.
1: Well, then, you then you're gonna have to explain to me the way because in my mind, Denny Hamlin did showed his displeasure in the way that was best described, was was best explained right there on the track. Like, there's got to be an unwritten rule on drivers. Like, if you come up to a driver and point or door him or do something, yet you're showing a displeasure. There's got to be this unwritten communication between drivers that shows, like, I'm not happy with what you did. The,
4: the, the best way I've seen it is you roll up beside him, you tell him he's number one, and you clear the throttle about five times. Really, really, like you turn eight grand in neutral, clear the throttle, and that, that sends the message. Okay. To me, I, I don't know if y'all know a better way, but that, that's, nope. that's the best way that I, I can see it.
1: I don't, I don't know yeah. if any better way whatsoever. You, you don't hit him? You don't touch him? But did Denny Hamlin touch him? I don't recall if Denny Hamlin touching Ross Trastain. We're talking about Ricky Stenhouse. We're talking about
2: Stenhouse.
1: Well, I thought we were talking about Ross Trastain this whole time.
2: No. No, no. Stenhouse, is the, <laughs> Stenhouse is the one that got into Bubba Wallace, you goober. Okay. Oh, beers. Lord, dude, you've had way too much.
1: I, I've had a few beers. I thought we were talking about. Chastain. I'm gonna text Carolina to
2: come get you. No,
1: no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, so I mean, bum, bum, bum. Okay, so anyway, I mean, I thought we were talking about just changes all the time. But okay, so okay, so Stenhouse. I mean, oh yeah, Stenhouse did get into Wallace. Flatball. Uh, bum. I, I I totally just lost control of this sort of thing. How many have I had today?
2: Comment below. He's on number three. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that, that that's Eddie's favorite saying. I've only had three.
2: I've only, I've only had, had
1: three. But okay, so anyway, I, I feel like he sent a message to Stenhouse. Jeez, I was saying Chastain this whole time, man. I I feel so I feel like
4: Yeah, Charlie man. sent a message. Charlie sent a message one time. Got him two I,
1: I think I think I think I recall that conversation it, that we had. Sent two messages. <laughs> And two messages. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like holy cow. That that the second one's what got me penalized. So, so yeah. okay. So tell me, so tell me what the solution is to that. If if looking back on it, there, Austin. If in the same situation that happened with you, you got to do it
2: under green flag conditions. Yeah. So it's under no. caution is
1: taboo. You don't do it under caution. Yeah. You don't. Do you control.
2: don't do it under caution. It's no. too yeah. obvious under caution. You got to make it look like a racing incident. Exactly. Even though Joey Logano's obviously wasn't a racing incident. It was a I'm clearly gonna put you in the wall incident. But anyway, uh you gotta make it look like a racing incident. It's gotta be under green flag. Okay. Fair enough. That that or after the
4: race, you just pull up the side of them, you get out, and you start fighting.
2: And you just re break your knuckle.
4: And you hope you got big pickup numbers, not tiny pick numbers.
2: That's right. Okay. Or hope you I kn- hope you've recently like added the security guard at the track just like seven foot five on facebook and you're friends with him now that's a big guy might <laughs> have to have him on the show oh yeah he's he a big old joker but we're we're cool now oh, okay lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess i in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
2: We're probably good besties. Oh, okay. Thanks for replacing right, me, buddy. Ours is Daddy Jason's... A- Pretty big old boy, but uh, yeah. even Jason turned around, and looked at that guy, he was like, right, "I'm going back in the trailer now." All right. I mean, so, well, uh,
1: sometimes you just got to know when to shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's an understatement right there. But okay, yeah, but yeah, I mean, overall, the the race was good. I mean, you know, at the end there, Kevin Harvick wrecked, and I think we're starting to see Kevin Harvick's age kind of play into it because that was a hard hit, and he was a little slow getting out of the car. Can you guys? Uh, I mean, tell me in a hit like that, it was unexpected. But now, I mean, we're seeing Kevin Harvick kind of slow down. Could we see Kevin Harvick kind of thinking about retirement coming up here shortly?
4: I must say, yes. It's been what a year since he's won a race, two, a year and a half, two
2: years. Yeah, it's been almost a year and a half now. So I would. Matt's real brave, leaving us. Yes, by us. very, very Ooh. brave. Like, welcome to the Thunderdome. So, here at Racing About Rambling, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'd say Kevin Harvick has a, he'll finish this season and run two more. Two more seasons? I I say two more full seasons. I I think it's time for him. I think he's
4: going to start looking more at uh, Keelan's career. Yeah,
2: he's, he's starting to dive into racing. And I, I think he's absolutely because uh, so. you, you got. I think they're really just trying to develop a couple people right now.
4: They're searching yeah.
2: for the right one to fill this place. Absolutely, they have, is – I, I haven't found it, so that's why they haven't posted anything about letting go. Yep, Harvey. finishes more. this year. Yeah. Yep, Harvick finishes this year. Runs two more full seasons. And he's done. Uh,
1: I don't know what you guys said because I had to go get me another beer, but... You're,
4: you're going to have to do a lot of editing. Well, do, lot. do you
1: guys uh, purposely do that just so I wouldn't say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. I, no. I, I, like if you'd have the
4: beat mush, the B
1: button, it would have said, Bee. all right Oh, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it, we're always sounding good in post, but we are live here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, so you get the unedited diversion there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Harvick wreck, although it was a mechanical failure, set up for a interesting finish. I was expecting Kyle Bush to win, and then Joey Logano snuck up there and won it there on the green-white checkered. But I'm going to go back to the Harvick here. And I don't know what you guys said because I was getting another beer, but uh, I, I think he does have another year or two. And then he calls it quits. He's been racing since 2001. Him and Kurt Busch are the oldest competitors in the field as far as seniority. And, man, I mean, I don't know how much more they could do or how much more they have to prove. Both of them champions. Both of them Daytona 500 winners. Both future Hall of Famers. I think both of them are going to be retiring here and sailing off into the sunset shortly. But that's it for a green-white checker finish. Joey Logano won. Second race win in 2022 for joey logano and i think uh we're set up this is going to be an interesting run to the playoffs we I, we will we'll definitely have a show here later on just show to tell you guys what we think about that but oh but anything else for the cup race i think we covered a lot more than i expected to cover here for the cup race but anything else for the cup race here
2: no I, i'm good on the cup race man i think we pretty well Touched all of it. I would like to see them go back to this track next year if it's not on the schedule already. And just see what happens. I I think NASCAR in their first full season of these cars is going to make a lot of adjustments for next year for sure. Yep, I agree. So, especially in their short tracks, man. Look, short tracks is what made and what will always make NASCAR and make Racing period, short tracks. What makes racing? So, if they do not fix their short track issues, it's going to kill the sport. And the sport starts with short track racing. It doesn't start with NASCAR. So, if if they don't fix it, it's it's going to hurt. And I agree. So, I think after this season, they're, they're going to fix it. But like what I like was saying earlier in the show. I think a lot a lot will be said about this car on these type of flat tracks after New Hampshire because New Hampshire's a you know, like a mile track. It's a flat track, so we'll we'll revisit that idea and, and you know and, and re you know talk about that issue again later on. I completely agree. What
1: about you, Austin? What do you think?
4: I agree. Uh, I hope Br- Bristol is normally a good race.
2: Yeah, I love Bristol. I Richmond.
4: said Bristol.
2: Oh, I thought you said Bristol. Uh, I said Bristol. I heard oh. Richmond, too, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, I heard Richmond. Yeah, it doesn't you, matter. It doesn't you matter. You can talk about Bristol now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: I hope I, I, Bristol is a turnaround point for the short
1: tracks. So it, it's normally a Yeah, I, I think it will be. But, yeah, I, I think it was a good race overall, good racing overall for this weekend, although we didn't catch get to catch the IndyCar Series. We talked about that at the Topless Show, that they, they, they worked on their schedule between them and NASCAR. And, and work together in order to promote motorsports. But upcoming races for this weekend. Formula 1 will be racing the Azerbaijan Grand Prix Sunday, June 12th at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. So either set your DVRs or wake up early for that race. That's always an interesting race. Something interesting always happens. I think last year Max Verstappen cut down the tire and and didn't finish. And it was an interesting race right there it's always a fun weekend right there as far as Azerbaijan there's always something that happens during practice or qualifying the driver always gets into the wall going through the castle turn right there should be interesting to watch can't wait to talk about that the IndyCar series will be racing at Road America Sunday June 12th at 12 35 p.m eastern standard time on NBC so I mean right after church go check that out Sonoma will be on the calendar for this weekend for the Truck and Cup Series. Saturday, June 11th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 will be the Truck Series from Sonoma. And for the Cup Series at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we have a good little gap here between races there, considering that it is on the West Coast there for the Cup Series. Sonoma for the Cup Series. Sunday, June 12th. At four PM Eastern Standard Time on FS1. And real quick, winners for the Truck Series, Cup Series, IndyCar Series from Road America and the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. you are gonna start off with Austin. What do you? Who do you have winning this weekend's races?
4: Truck Series, we go with Ben Rhodes. Cup Series, go with Chase Elliott. F1, can I can I just pick Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: can have just, to pick? You, you, It'd probably be for Sapping at that point.
4: Yeah, we'll, we'll just go Ripple. And then Indy IndyCar. I had to think about that one. We'll go to Charlie.
2: All right, go to Charlie. All right, IndyCar is going to be Dixon. As far as truck series, it's going to be freezing. Cup series, I'm going to go with Larson. Uh, Larson and Elliott pretty much ran the show uh, on Sonoma last year. So, I'm, on, I'm going to go with Larson this year. Elliott got him last year there. So, I think Larson retaste a favor there this year as far as f1 goes i'm gonna go with uh sergio perez
1: all right so two red bulls there for formula one right there for our two other co hosts um was that everything that was everything except for indycar yeah, for I austin I... I think indycar is going to be alex pelot who's going to get his first win in 2022 for the indycar series for formula one I think Ferrari bounces back. Charles Leclerc fixes those mechanical issues that he had there in Spain and wins the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. For the Truck Series, I have a feeling it's going to be John Hunter Nemechek winning that race, I should say. I don't know why I tried to make that sound fancier than it was. For the Cup Series, I feel like it's going to be a veteran race, but I feel like, and Charlie might be surprised about this, Chase Elliott, road course expert. At least before Kyle <laughs> Larson came back up in it, and I think Char- uh, Chase Elliott. Elizabeth! T-
2: okay. one. <laughs> I, I think, think it's I think it's
4: lightning up here. I might
2: need It there was a storm that yeah. came through earlier. Uh, yeah, I think oh, really? I think Chase
1: Elliott gets it done in Sonoma, right there. But yeah, I mean, hey, what about you uh, for IndyCar there, Austin? Or do you have no comment?
4: No, I, I was gonna say Dixon. Charlie took it, so I'll with oh, it. You the,
2: want to like, say that because I said no. I,
4: I, trust me, I, I don't.
2: think just said it first.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: I'll go paddle award. Paddle
1: award. Okay, good pick right there, gentlemen. Anything else before we get into our final thoughts here? We
4: got to answer last week's question. Of the week.
1: We'll do that in our final thoughts. I, I realize that we'll do that in our final thoughts. Let's
4: get a final thoughts
1: set. I'm good. All right. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR gears to get you ready for this coming up season, such as t shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only really have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my latest and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there.
2: Yeah, and not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go in there that's where I get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide, man. It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear
1: needs, no matter what sports you're interested in. All purchases help out. Burns Radio bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season, or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out. White flag,
3: white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right
1: here. All right, final thoughts here on rambling about racing, kind of an unorthodox one, because at the top of the show, we normally answer our question of the week last week from last week's episode, which was, should NASCAR get rid of the damaged vehicle policy? We're going to have to answer it for this week because we were talking about short track racing there at South Alabama Speedway. Hasn't yet followed us, uh, follow us on Inst- on uh, Twitter or Facebook there, Charlie. Why don't you get on that and make that happen? Tell them to follow Ramblin' About Racing. <laughs>
4: You
2: don't
4: want to
2: ask that question. <laughs> yeah, that, look, I I pretty well probably made them mad this weekend because oh, I look because yeah. we were the first class to race and I was n- not happy after after rain okay. and we're the only class that runs like true slicks down there. Okay, and I pretty well voiced voiced my opinion very vocally. Okay, voiced my opinion and didn't get nowhere with it, and I let them know I wasn't happy that I didn't get nowhere with it. We'll
1: we'll give it a few weeks, and we'll have them follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That would be great for South Alabama to do it. We're a big supporter of them from this show. But our question of the week last week, should NASCAR get rid of the damaged vehicle policy put in place in order to save teams money? That six-minute clock after drivers involved in an accident, meet minimum speed, and continue on with the race. Should NASCAR get rid of that? Start off with one of you two, or I could start off with that. If you want, we'll let you you start off. You never get to go. All Well, well, the damage vehicle call policy to me takes away from the strategy of what NASCAR is. And back in the day, it was a true points championship that we had. And we didn't have a chase. We didn't have a playoff. So it was a cumulative from Daytona all the way to homestead back in the day of points and consistent finishes throughout the course of the uh, of the season So if you came into the garage fixed a or took off the hood or fixed damages throughout the course of throughout that race that you could get back out there eventually and score more points should a driver fall out through the mechanical issues or an accident and gain 1530 points, which can add up throughout the course of the season. And I I feel like the damage vehicle policy with the playoffs is a, is a necessary evil However, I feel like in a way, on the other hand, it takes away from with the spirit of the race. Like you want to get as many points as you can, and I feel like it. I mean, it could be a minor thing, and for teams to fix and have six limit time limit and try to fix it there on pit road under that pressure just takes away from it. I feel like it. It doesn't do it justice. Like I, I an example for me, when Dale Earnhardt Jr. had a damage issue at Talladega, and they ended up fixing it throughout the course of the race would he be able to fix that issue under the damaged vehicle policy and get out there and be competitive and win the race? I, I just feel like the damaged vehicle policy is a thing in order to, for NAS, that NASCAR implemented in order to save teams money. And it, it doesn't serve really a purpose other than to do that or, or other than to just say, nope, you, you reach a DVP policy. you reached the six minutes or you didn't reach the minimum speed. Therefore, you can continue on and gain points or continue to keep points that you have going into the race. I'm totally against it. So for that reason, I have to say cancel it.
2: Yep, I'm the same way. I say cancel it. Uh, you know, I think maybe last year or a year before or something like that, it would have been all right with solid axle rear ends and, and something that you maybe could have quit, could have fixed a little quicker. But with these new independent rear suspension, it's not the same. Things are breaking that you can't just pull into pit road and fix in six minutes. And uh, unless you're either going to up the time clock and let them sit on pit road a little bit longer and go more laps down, you either get rid of You either do that or get rid of it. it it's, it's not fair. to These teams just to show up, brush the wall a little bit, break a, you know, a right rear toe link, have to come to pit road, realize the toe links broke and send it to the garage and be done for the day for something that they could have just as easily sat on pit road for a little bit longer than usual. Ten minutes instead of six minutes. And, and fix and go back in on the track and gain a few extra points for some of these teams that broke the same things, chose not to fix it, and just go to the garage. Because there's some teams that just choose not to fix stuff, go to the garage, and just save their stuff. For teams that know good and dang well they're not going to be running for a championship, so – it is what it is, but I, I, I'm all for it. Let's scrap this. If they want to fix it on pit road, let them fix it on pit road or or let it be a judgment call. Depending on what it is, send them to the garage, let them fix it, but let them come back out. And what about you, Austin? What do you think?
4: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get rid of it. If you're going to keep it, give it, if it's cosmetics, give it a certain amount of time. If it's something else, give it a certain amount of time. I mean, nobody's going to replace an engine and go to yeah. the race. And, and that's no. never been
2: a thing anyway. You know, yeah. if, if it's always been a, uh, you know, uh, if it's a rear end or a transmission or an engine, you've never ever been able to replace an engine and come back out and finish the race. So Because no, you're, you're going to be 40,
4: 50 laps down. No, no matter how badass your crew is, you're still going to be a full laps down. But if it's a link, if you want to keep it, give them 10 minutes, 12 minutes, that's 6 minutes. Because if they can change it 8 minutes and you give them 6 minutes, then they're right there to fixing it, getting back out there, catching the right cautions, getting the lap right back, getting only the lap and possibly running the race. So scrap it. If you don't scrap it, have a system of time limit on what's messed up and how long they get.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I, I like Austin's answer to that if you could take a team and say okay replace this and then get it at get a time and then go to another team and then replace the same part and get the average time for that well then that should be the time or to every component of the car besides the en- engine and transmission and the rear end i i feel like that would be beneficial you if you have if you declare like oh we have a broken toe link when the nascar says okay broken toe link you have six minutes in order to fix it or eight minutes in order to fix it and meet minimum speed. And then you could be off the DVP. Well, then I, I agree with that. I think that's a good way around it because after six minutes or eight minutes, if, if you don't get it fixed, well then you're not going to get out there and meet minimum speed. You, you know, you might as well, you got more than a tow link issue. I feel. So I, I, I like Austin's point to that. I, I feel like there could be something more than the damaged vehicle policy after six minutes and wrap it up because Last week's episode during the Coke 600, I think it was Charlie who said, "I don't even know what happened to Chase Elliott. He just pulled it on the wall. He was out. Mm-hmm. NASCAR, NASCAR's most popular driver out." And that could have been that could have been thirty seconds, a minute, three minutes from getting him back out there. Right, thirty more seconds. He could have made it back out there, met minimum speed, and then been out there on the track. But nope, for six minutes. Nope, you're done. And I don't like that. I just I think it takes away from the sport. I think it takes yeah. away from the teams. I well, think it takes away you, from the sponsors.
2: You saw it today where Denny Hamlin just left pit left pit road with a or, or not today but yesterday Denny Hamlin just left pit road with the right rear wheel just wiggling around wobbling around met minimum speed and come back in. But what would happen if something else would have went wrong? I like, what are what are you gaining? By going out there and doing that, like, what if something else would have happened and you would have took out however many more cars or if something else would have happened and you just jumped a complete car because you decided to go out there because you spent too long on pit road. No,
1: I agree. I, I think it's more of a beneficial thing. If at Talladega and Daytona where everybody gets caught up in a big wreck, like 12 cars get caught up in a big wreck. And if you were scored 12th out of those 12 cars and then you, you were able to get out there and make up a lap or two and gain ten spots well then that's a significant amount of points compared to everybody else. so I can see it more at daytona and Talladega Vice I can out of Charlotte or worldwide technology center Raceway so I mean it, it's a tough thing I mean, I feel like it's a uh, when it came, first came out, I was totally against it I'm still against it I don't like it i i I think and I think we all agree here rambling about racing that they should get rid of it. I don't think NASCAR will in anytime soon. But that was our question of the week from last week's episode. Stay tuned for later on the in the episode towards the end here, where, which we're already at the end about this week's question of the week. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Uh, Charlie just sent me a text here that uh, at this week's question of the weeks using hashtag. What do you think? ITN to let us know what you think here. Anything else besides that? Damage vehicle policy. We got our. This week in NASCAR our fantasy standings are in this week's question of the week. Anything else besides, uh in regards to the damaged vehicle policy? No, I think I'm that's good. it. I'm good. All right. So are we gonna do our this week in NASCAR our question of the week and or our fantasy standings first?
2: We do fantasy question, uh fantasy this week in NASCAR, and then we'll roll into question of the week. All right, Charlie, why don't you hit us up with the fantasy question or fantasy
1: standings following the Worldwide Technology Center race we racing there at
2: Louis. So I'm still on top with 2,743 points. Matt Camper, however, is slowly running me down with 2,679 points. So he he is definitely not far from catching me. S-Blades is third with 2,531 points. SMR Operation fourth with 2,522 points. Fifth is super sumo 32 with 2,507 points he's also our chevy rep sixth is smr r&d with 2,469 points seventh is matt with 2,437 points eighth is summer's racing with 2,178 points it's our toyota rep and ninth is b93 with 2,176 points the smoking Woody with 2173 points. He's our forward rep at this point. I don't think it's changed. But 11th is 43 and me, and 12th is Zeke Seven,
1: I think the last two aren't even participating in the racing anymore because when I saw them in the live standings there on NASCAR.com, I they didn't even show any points. Yeah, on the board. I don't, I don't think,
2: they- think they've gained any.
1: Nor have they participated in Fantasy NASCAR since the start of the season or sometime in the point of the first third of the season. This week in NASCAR, we go back to June fourth, nineteen 1995. Kyle Petty comes from 37th starting position to win the Miller Genuine Draft 500 at Dover Downs for his first career Winston Cup victory in 60 races. Petty finishes at Carlings in front of runner-up Bobby Labonte. I am... I've been drinking too much of this delicious ice cold. Oh, my gosh, man. I've been having, I've just been having a good time talking hey, racing with you guys. If you think those
4: are good, you should try the Bushlot
1: Apples. Well, yeah, I know. I've tried one of those before. Wait till Talladega, people. That should be a fun thing. Anyway, to wrap it up here, and now I just look like a complete, you know, drunkard in front of everybody here. But, hey, we're rambling about racing. Having a good
2: time here. You're, you're definitely rambling. <laughs> <laughs> good point there, Charlie. Oh, boy. So, all right, moving into our question, question of the of week, the week here. here. Give it to us, Charlie. Uh, don't don't uh, answer the question. Just yeah, don't just, answer the question, uh, I'm not, not going to answer it, all right? So, we mentioned earlier, you know, if, if Dodge came back in. But if Dodge comes back in, which team – would be the first to leave their current manufacturer and jump on board with Dodge. All right, and let us know
1: what you think using hashtag WhatYouThinkITM on all social media platforms gentlemen, that is our show. Good episode today. Thank you for all those who joined us on Facebook, Twitter. Chelsea thought Matt, Matt was going to be the uh,
2: responsible one at Talladega. Now
1: she's kind of worried. Well, and I, I still might be because, I mean, when it comes to – when I was at Darlington here, and I think Tracy, if he's still on here, will attest I to even that. can't get his words out right now. No, 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 no. Let me finish. When I was at Darlington, and, and Tracy, if he's still watching, will will attest to this. That these guys were part... The Tracy and all of them were partying till like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I went to bed at 10, and I woke up with no hangover. I had my fair share, and I knew my limit. If we were at Talladega right now, I'd be like, okay, I'm probably done, which then will take away from the spirit of Talladega. But, I mean, I, that's just what I do. I just reach my limit. I'm done. I've reached my limit. I don't, I'm not going to tell you how many my limit is. If you want to give a guess, let us know on all social media platforms what you think my limit is on beers. 6 Okay, thanks man uh, five? five? Thanks Charlie right, I appreciate it guys But
4: All, all I can say is Bushlot sponsors us with beer
2: oh, right, now, right now It's more like Madness Mike Kelsey said three
1: twelve packs and I appreciate that I don't know if that's my limit But that, that's <laughs> a lot of beer Maybe when I was in my early 20s I'm 36 now that was when me and him got snowed in. That's for next week's episode. That's for next week's episode. <laughs> that is a funny story right there. That's some funny stories right there. But, hey, that that is our episode for this week. Gentlemen, anything else before we wrap it up here on this week's episode?
4: Yeah, the only thing I can say, if Bushlot sponsors us and they back that semi to our campus spot and they let me and Charlie drink how much you want, we'll be starting the Talladega in the Xfinity class.
2: Absolutely.
4: We, we're going to tie Howie up. They're
2: about the same height. We might have to stretch the seat out a little bit, but we'll we'll, we'll make a start in the extended races, Talladega. Oh boy! My gosh! my gosh! I will squeeze in that seat, <laughs>
4: sucking in, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I I will bathe in Astroglide.
4: Like, how we better have security guards bigger than me in the at Talladega weekend. Yeah. So
1: I hope he's listening. I don't know if he is, but if he is, uh,
2: ye be warned. <laughs> right. I'm gonna send him a tweet and just like at Howie hashtag AstroGlad. That was in the wrong message, man. Now, okay. On that, I'm
1: waving it off. I'm waving it off. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for tuning into this week. Whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, or Facebook Live, we really do appreciate you stopping by, chatting with us, and hearing... Listening to us ramble about racing. Follow us on all social media platforms if you get a chance. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing. And all those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com And I like to thank our partners for the show. Stand up to Cancer and Fanatics for all they do not only for Burns Radio, but for what they do here with us at Rambling About Racing. For Charlie is Chuck 8384, for Austin Reeves, Austin underscore Reeves 6 and myself, nbeamer22, on Twitter. Stay safe and have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you after this week's racing action.
4: Start a journey, not a fad.